What's that, Devo? I feel like there's a difference between you and me when it comes to enjoying different accoutrements. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I think you're a connoisseur. Anything you really get into, you really get into it. You want to know all the intricacies, what makes the best the best. Yes. You like to, you notice when something's a little bit off. So while you're fine dining, I'm just about volume. Like, I just want a lot of it. Quantity. So, yeah, yeah, Quantity, not the quality. <coughs> so I'll, I'll go to McDonald's while you're at a steakhouse. And I'm like, I can get 10 things, you know, for 10 bucks. And I think mm-hmm. that's awesome. So when it comes to lattes, I don't think I'd notice the the fine differences between a mediocre or mm. excellent latte. Hey, you know what we should do? We should we should do a um, a comparison, like side by side, like with, to see if I can tell the difference, or see if you can. No, tell the you'll difference. no. I'm saying you'll be able to tell. You I just want to so you can point see. out what the differences are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, mouthfeel and, like... Please never say <laughs> mouthfeel again. <laughs> Everything about the drink is, you know... Yeah. Let me see this thing. Right. It just tastes like... Um, it just tastes like dirty water. <laughs> I feel like you could get this out of one of those little packets that, like, yeah. is just powder poured in a little yeah, bit Yeah, this is, water. like... This is, like, a... A step better than that. So me and Dave, Dave and I are talking about the uh, the lot the mocha latte we just made. We just made it. <clears throat> we just made it, and um, it took us almost a half hour. Um, <laughs> it took like a, a little over twenty minutes. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to upload that as a, just like a, a feature. Yeah. Episode. If if not you not as uh, a real one. If you want to hear us struggle through using the West End, oh no, West Blend, uh, home espresso. No, West Bend. West Bend. There's no L. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Can't quite read the engraving on the side of that. So we proceeded for somewhere 22, 23 minutes with making this mocha latte, and it came out very bad. But I, I think it, it wasn't user error. I think it was more so the faulty equipment. I, I don't think it's faulty <coughs> equipment. I just think expectation-wise, when you buy a home <laughs> home uh, espresso machine that's half espresso machine, half regular drip coffee pot, um, I think you're you just need to know that you're going to get this and not... You know, something that would come from a three thousand dollar espresso yeah, machine. Yeah, multitaskers. That's the curse of multitaskers. They do more than one thing, but they don't do all the things that they're doing as good as a unitasker would do. Right. You know, <clears throat> I don't know how that, but that's that's an umbrella statement. Considering this, I don't know how anyone would be able to do a good job with that. But. Yeah. But no, I don't. I think we would need better equipment. Maybe it's just old. That's I think it's just equipped. Well, it probably is ten that, years old. I don't think. Maybe eight years d- old. Dave, I think. Were we doing that right? What are you talking about? We did it exactly right. What do you? It just seems weird that the, uh, the steam function would yeah. leak out of the, out of where the espresso leak is. Not, <laughs> leak is not the ideal, uh, function of any any machine. But my my buddy was gladly uh, willing oh, yeah, to hand yeah. that who off to us. To, who do we have yeah. to thank? I don't know. Do we say people's names on this? Like, are we allowed to? Should should we protect I, people's do you feel anonymity? Like do you feel like they're in need of protecting? I don't know. Do I know the friend that? I mean, yeah, you you've met him before. He's a uh, 
good good friend, mentor of mine. Um, and yeah. we, he was awesome. I made one call, and I said, "Hey, you got it on your I? first call." Yeah. Wow. Well, I remember eight years ago when he got this thing, and I was really hoping that he still had it. And when I went over there, he said, "He said, yeah, I've been meaning to use the espresso function since I got it. And I thought, oh, this is going to be great. He's never used it. Never used it, yeah. It's all good. Yeah. Dave, so the Yankees lost last week. Yeah. When, a- when, when we recorded, that was... That was the day. That was game six. That was game six, yeah. Which they lost. Right. And then, and game, then game seven, seven they, they lost. They lost. Yeah, it was not a, not a pretty, pretty sight. bad, man. Yeah. They just, they got shut out. I saw you earlier on that day mm-hmm. at, in D.C. Right, right. And I wanted to mention it, but I didn't want to, like, touch on any nerve. No, like I... That, that you're going into it kind of dreading the loss. I haven't been talking about it. Yeah. This is the first time I've actually, like kind of brought it up. Did you watch the game alone? Did you go out? I watched it alone. Yeah, that's probably sad Sad to watch your team lose when you're alone. But you know what? It made me glad I didn't go out. Oh, because then people would yeah. see, you, see you cry. I well, mean, no, it's just that I wasted time and energy leaving my home wasted. to watch them lose. Okay, so that's the question. Is it a waste of time if they lose? Yes. That's the the sole determiner as to whether or not it the was only, worth it to go out. If the they on- win, yes. If they lose, you don't want to share that experience with anybody. The only way that that would be salvageable is if on my way out of wherever I was watching the game, yeah. I saved an old woman from being hit by a car or something like, you know what I'm if saying? If you got lo- reunited with a long-lost friend. Yeah, I found my long-lost cousin somewhere, right. or I saved a cat from a burning building. But like, that would be the only way that that would be like, oh, this was worth my time, see that? Yeah, but less <clears throat> less some extraordinary circumstance, you mm-hmm. want no part of it. Yeah. I get it. But I it's it. all good. I don't know? really watch sports I, on TV. I would gladly go to a game, but on TV, it's not really, not doesn't do anything for me. I love, you mean baseball or sports? A- a- watching sports on TV, I would much rather be out doing something than sitting still watching other people have fun. That's, that's just how, how it is for me. It's so intense though, man. Yeah. It's really intense. But um, yeah, so that happened. But um, the good news is that we are closer to Halloween. Yes. And that is a good thing. I was uh, spending time with Reese today, and it was the coolest thing. I want to. We were mid conversation, and I had to press record on my phone because. Did you break your phone again, or was that always? It's been broken a couple of times. I feel like I ask you that every time. I yeah. See. So I want to see. Maybe you can get some of the audio of this. Snickers bars and Milky Way bars. So we were talking. I hope, but nobody gives me lies. They might. Mom? She calls me mom sometimes. <laughs> we should make a map. What kind of map? Uh, a neighborhood map so we know which house we're going to go to. Oh. So, so we're going to put the spooky, the spooky lights things on there. Okay. So I can go to there. Because it's spooky. So that's my girl. That's how we talk about Halloween in my house. And she was so excited about making a neighborhood map. That's that's a very that's next level, right? That's a very coherent 
uh, strategic yeah. sort of uh, conversation for a three. And the, how this conversation started, she came, she came to me and said, Dad, I want to hear about Halloween when you were a kid. What? what was Halloween like when you were a kid? <laughs> you. Right. She's like channeling Bill Cosby. She wanted to know what I was for Halloween when I was a kid. She wanted to know what my favorite candy was. She wanted to know um, what me and my, my brothers and sisters did, you know, walking around trick-or-treating. Like, she's tuned in to what was dad like as a kid. This girl's ahead of her time. It was awesome. I'm really excited. We had, like, a legit conversation. That's re- Yeah, you did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for that. Yeah. I got so speaking of that though I got uh, I'm really excited about this little book I bought it's for Lily but it's I I give it to my dad and the book throughout the pages it has it's like a it's like a journal that's prompted by questions okay and so it's like it's it's for the grandchild asking the grandfather you know how much was a car or or how much was a soda when you were my age or like things like that you know how how was the world when when you were a kid and I'm really excited to have him uh, fill that out for her. That's going to be really cool. Yeah. That, that's that's kind of weird, dude. What yeah. kind of... What part of the brain... That's like... L- the I think limbic like, system? The, I feel the like that's very advanced development. That's the only part I know from... <laughs> from Waterboy? From Waterboy. <laughs> Medulla uh, Amongada. That's where, that's where I get all of my anatomy <laughs> lessons from. <laughs> no, that's, that's uh, great, though. Uh, yeah, it was really cool. So yeah. what were you, like, Kids. when you were growing up, what, yeah. what were you for Halloween? What were some of, like, your best costumes? I feel like I was, uh, I feel like I was a Ninja Turtle, like, at least three times. <laughs> what was your favorite Ninja Turtle? Leonardo, by far. <laughs> of course. Of course. I mean, I think that, um, on paper, it should have been Donatello, because it was so close to Dante. Oh. And Donatello was, like, an artist, uh-huh. you know? And I was like, that kind of makes sense, but, like, nah, Leonardo, those swords, man. Was, yeah. Like... Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was a wrestler a couple times. Mm-hmm. I think a couple times. Yeah, like your favorite wrestlers, or mm-hmm. you were yeah, like you as a wrestler. My favorite was uh, Ultimate Warrior, yeah. and uh, my brother was Hulk Hogan. Uh, when we were that age, maybe three and six or four and seven, my brother would call Hulk Hogan Kokoyan. Aw, <laughs> that's, that's cute. I'm sure, he's glad, he you, I'm sure he's glad you shared that with the world. Coco, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you tied the 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 neon strings around your biceps? Nah, dude. We just I just have paint, one of those. Did the face paint? Nah, man. Ooh. Plastic mask, vinyl, <laughs> vinyl romper. <laughs> <laughs> you immediately start sweating. It sticks to your skin the whole time. Oh, so I gotta, yeah, I gotta share some stuff from Facebook okay. that uh, I ask people. Somebody has a funny story about that. But um, yeah, and then uh, I got when you get when you get to like your early your preteen years, mm-hmm. and you were from my hood, you would just really buy a mask and then wear all black and then See, go about your business. How old is too old to go trick-or-treating? I think the last time I went was like <clears throat> 13 or 14. 13. Yeah, I think that's about. Thir- I can't remember going. When you're in middle school, you can still go trick-or-treating. Mm-hmm. When you hit high school, 14 years old, if you go trick-or-treating, you better have some kid you're going around with. I, this unless be, you're, unless the, you're stealing other kids' candy, then you're. That's a different story. Right. Then the, you, sixteen, seventeen, and thirteen to seventeen, you're stealing candy. Okay. And I don't want to give that a platform and perpetuate it still happening. But I, I hope kids that do that lose their teeth. 
like lose their teeth because they're running after snatching candy and they fall. They fall. And, and they bite a curb? Yeah. <laughs> just mouth biting the gr- the asphalt. Yeah. And they lose their teeth. I hope that's what happens yeah, to them. They deserve it. Um, but uh, this may be TMI or a sensitive subject, subject, but I think that like if mm, once you hit puberty, you yeah. should stop trick-or-treating. I mm-hmm. think that's the... Because you got other... There's just... The world is just different than... You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. All right. So, so I remember vividly the last time I went trick-or-treating. Oh. It was... So, I we would always go over to my grandmother's might neighborhood. This, might this also be your favorite Halloween story? It, yeah. I, mm. We're pretty close to it. Um, if fav- by favorite you mean one that evoked the most amount of emotion. Yeah. Not necessarily. Good. Anyway, so... We always went over over to my grandmother's place because she lived in a community with row homes, and so you could hit a ton of houses, not much time. So I was, my guess, 13 years old. Me and Ben Broadwater went over to my grandmother's house. We were going to um, trick-or-treat together. I had planned out a costume. I thought I should be a greaser, you know, from the musical Grease. So I... Put on all black. Gr- wait, wait. <laughs> you know, a greaser. No, you mean like a member of the T-Birds? Yeah, like, no, but they called those, like, they called those guys greasers, right? I don't think, no, I don't think they did. I think they were called, like, John Travolta's crew? Yeah. They were the T-Birds. Yeah, in the musical they were, but in that era, it's almost like saying, uh, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. like, it's like a genre, like a hippie, a greaser. Is that right? an official term, though? Uh, you can look it up. How about you guys look, look that up and, and you can get back to Dante and tell him how right I am. So then me and Ben went out trick-or-treating. I was dressed up as a greaser, black jeans. I had the, the white T-shirt with a sleeve rolled up with the fake um, cigarettes tucked up in the sleeve. I had um, my hair slicked back. I was dressed up, and I thought it was a really cool costume. Ben, however, had on a floppy hat and some fake sunglasses with a dog nose that lit up. <laughs> I planned out a costume, Ben. Nope. Now, flash forward a couple of minutes, we're out trick-or-treating. We go to the first house. Mm-hmm. They look at Ben and they say, whoa, look at that nose that lights up. What a cool floppy hat, that's great. And then they looked at me and they said, you know, you're a little too old to go trick-or-treating. <laughs> you should have put on a costume, too. And then they didn't give me candy, and they gave him candy. They thought that was your this real ha- look. They thought that's how kids were dressing <laughs> these days. But how, old, how old were you guys again? Like 13, 14. And then that happened house after house after house. His floppy hat what? and flashy nose got all the attention. My well planned out period piece costume mm-hmm. I got a lot of dirty looks and like a lot of old ladies that were not happy with the fact that I had shown up to Halloween trick-or-treating without being dressed up dude that's their fault that's their fault that what, I what of dummies. course it's their fault what I dummies yeah this is a woodlawn Catonsville this is Arbu- Arbutus Arbutus yeah man. wow yeah so Tell that was me. the last time I went trick-or-treating because I wasn't going to Subject myself to that kind of ridicule and humiliation. Tell me. Again. Tell me. I wonder if he remembers that story. Please tell me if there is any, if there was anything greater 
Did I hope your school did this too. Was there anything greater than wearing your costume to school and you guys doing a Halloween parade? The parade? Around the classrooms? The parade's amazing. Why was that a thing and why was it so... Why did you live for that? It was... It was the best. It was the best because... You were so you were proud, so of, your proud of your costume. You were so proud of your costume. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. It didn't matter how bad your costume was, you were so proud of your costume. One year I went as the Riddler, Ooh. and uh, that had, like, a very sheer satiny... <laughs> satiny <laughs> from the of website. <laughs> type of thing that you put over your clothes, and, uh, and then... You had a hat. <laughs> was it covered in question marks? Yes. And then and then a a green mask that okay, you just yeah. tie around just for the eye part. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Reminiscent of a Ninja Turtle, pretty much. Very nice. Right. Um, okay. So the, and I was like very happy. I, I was very proud of it. And halfway through the day, because these things are cheap. Halfway through the day, my mask thing broke, and Ooh. I couldn't wear it anymore. So I very. Um, in a in a very deflated way, kind of held the mask up to my eyes and did the parade that way because the show must go on. Right, but and I'm a champion. You weren't you weren't too happy about that. I was not. I was very upset. Uh-huh. I was a perfectionist yeah. from a very young age. Man. So um yeah, my I was typically wearing hand me down costumes. So I think I was a clown many years in a row. Because we had that one clown costume in the cl- in the closet, and all my brothers and sisters wore it, and by the time it got to me, it was still hanging on. And of course, I'm not a planner, so I just pulled whatever was you know. I was like the clown, the hobo, the pirate. I would like wear my mom's uh, puffy shirt, you know, with the the ruffles, and I was a pirate. <laughs> You know, David, are there um, <clears throat> are there pictures of any of this? Because oh, I man. think my my family didn't take pictures of me growing up because they already had four <laughs> kids before me. <laughs> they were like, ah, oh, we've seen that before. It's a different face in the same You're like, clown Dave, costume. Dave, get out of get out of the way, Dave. Dave. Come on, go sit down. What do you need attention? <laughs> <laughs> we already gave you life. <laughs> All right, so I went to Facebook and and, uh, and Twitter and I asked people, what's your favorite Halloween memory? Uh, so I'm just going to ramble through these. Uh, my friend Aisha says, uh, uh, first Halloween party. <laughs> she, uh, she went to uh, on campus at College Park, and um, <clears throat> she went as one of the Spice Girls. I'm guessing a group of them went. And uh, they had a mobile karaoke machine. And they, she said that this guy dressed as Jesus was uh, going around the party, uh, hitting scantily clad people with a Bible. Oh, no. <laughs> if you're going to dress the part, I mean, hey, bring some life to it, you know? Well, I'm sure you had a lot of people funny. to sure you had a lot of people to hit. You go to a college True. Halloween party. That's just an excuse, that's right? The, that's the point. Stacy Wormley says that we they would run around trick or treat and attack each other with shaving cream. I never heard of that. Is that <laughs> like she would attack little kids? Their fr- no, like their group would oh, attack each cool. other with shaving cream. It must be an Ohio thing. Yeah. I don't know. They didn't have other entertainment there. Mm-hmm. My homegirl, Octavia, says that, uh, oh, Dave, have you ever been to Happy Hallelujah? Happy Hallelujah. Is this she a says, church uh, version of, ha- they can't said, say Halloween? Nope. 
she says, uh, going to Happy Hallelujah night at church instead of celebrating Halloween. We all knew how ridiculous it was, but they still dressed up and got candy, and it was fun. Uh, you had to dress up as your favorite Bible character. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jehoshaphat. <laughs> I'm a food chef. <laughs> and then uh, Alani chimes in on that. She says, same. Nice. So she knew about Happy Hallelujah, too. She's, uh, Alani also says she had a pillowcase as my head. Uh, oh, no, no. A pillowcase on my head as Mary every year. Oh, okay. Every year. Wow. Um, mm, 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 let's see. Uh, we, we actually, we carried around pillowcases to put the to candy To put the candy in. in. Yeah, yeah, you guys of course. That, okay. Yeah, that's when you got older and you got more hip right. to the game. You didn't carry around like a bucket in the shape of a, I'd either have a pumpkin. The, I'd either have the pumpkin bucket or mm-hmm. a shopping bag from like Giant. <laughs> oh, no. We were ghetto, man. I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> Shelly Williams says uh, the cheap costumes... Um, that's her favorite memory. Nice. Uh, cheap plastic Casper mask with an elastic strap. Yes, that always breaks. <clears throat> Your face would sweat and you could barely breathe through the small mouth and nose holes. Um, when my mother used an old sheet with cut out eyes as a costume. Oh. See, I can't. Mm-hmm. And there's some others here. That's pretty good. Angela, Angie talks about dressing up as a witch. Nice. Green face. I really wish I was a girl so I could dress up as Alpha Girl, the Wicked Witch. <laughs> you know, you could still do it. it yeah. That's the point of who dressing cares? up. Who cares? Yeah. Um, let's see who else we yeah. got here. Uh, do, 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 do. Oh, this is this this made me almost made me cry. Rachel says, uh, knowing her favorite Halloween memory is uh, knowing that no matter what, my dad would be home from work so we could trick or treat together. That got me in the feels, man. That's I cool. think Maybe one day my daughter would be super excited for me to get home. Yeah. And we could go trick-or-treating because I she love will. trick-or-treating. I've been, She'll love it. That's one of the reasons I had a kid was that when she can walk, <laughs> she can go trick-or-treating yeah. and we can get candy. As you're analyzing life <clears throat> decisions that will change your life forever. Pros outweigh the cons. Yeah. Um, so my brother says uh, one year at our middle school... Uh, he and his friends on the soccer team didn't have costumes, but they had a game on Halloween Day, so they all went in their soccer uniforms, and they went trick or treating as soccer players. Look, if that's you ahead can, of their, that's ahead of their time. If there. you can do a a group costume, mm-hmm. that elevates your your game a ton. Absolutely, because then you're not just dressed up as whatever you and your crew. It's bigger than you. Yeah, that's. That's the cool. I always wanted to be a part of that. It's bigger than you. Yeah. Did your did your Lexi said that her dad used to check the candy? Did you did your No, my parent again, I'm the dude, fifth child. By the time it got around to me, they were like, uh My dad had to check just, all of our candy before we could eat it. Really? And so we'd be but sometimes we'd be in the car like riding back home or whatever yeah. and we'd be like sneaking yeah. little Snickers bars. I think that's just a parent's excuse to steal their kids' candy. Have you seen Jimmy Kimmel's uh, yes. I Tell My Kids? so funny. I, I ate all the candy. Yeah. If you guys haven't videos. seen that, you got to YouTube it. It's hilarious if you want to watch kids cry and laugh at them. Children, man. Children are like being the parent of a young child that um, <clears throat> chooses which day to sleep through the night. Uh, someday she sleeps through the night. Yeah. Someday she doesn't. It's made me kind of insensitive to uh, other people's problems. Like I did a um, – I had the uh, – a very cool opportunity to um, go out with our with our pastor, Dr. David Anderson. He was speaking at this men's retreat over uh-huh. at Sandy Cove. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> I got to go accompany him and do some poetry. Nice. It was great. It was a great, awesome time. But uh, so Friday night session and then Saturday morning, 
you know, kind of at breakfast, and uh, I find out that he didn't sleep too well the night before. Yeah. Uh, he, apparently, because he, he was dealing with a little cold, so he, he was, like, up coughing all night. Ew. And um, so I hear this, and I, I think to myself, good. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> good. Uh-huh. You can't sleep? You were up coughing all night? Good. Welcome to my <laughs> world. Right. That doesn't, that doesn't carry any weight with me. Oh, you didn't sleep well? I haven't oh, slept well sick? in the last 12 months of my oh, life. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my, that is terrible. How, how much sleep do you need to get, like, it's like a good night's rest? Seven hours. Seven hours. Mm-hmm. So if you get six, you're not quite I'm right. I'm so used to... I'm, I think that my body is conditioned, though. It's like I get six most of the time. Yeah. But I'm a like, six. So seven is good for me. But six is the, like... If I have less than four, then I, then it's really rough. Yes. If I have less than four, I'm less like four. dozing off on the way home. Yeah. Driving. But uh, when it's Sunday and I had to be here at like six o'clock... And you stayed out late on Saturday night. Here's the thing. I don't compromise watching UFC and boxing. And that... No matter how. Everybody knows on the East Coast... You're up till one, two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Just That's and then if you go night. out somewhere and watch it, you got to travel back home. Yeah, yeah, but it's just one of the things that I just sacrifice because I'm like, was that once a month? Once every other month? At least, yeah. Yeah. Usually once a month. There's a big pay per view once a month, and it's like I just chalk it up. Like I got, I'm gonna do it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you, you can't with fights, with combat sports, you can't wait until the next day and watch it. Because one, it's on pay-per-view. And everybody's talking. And two, everybody's talking. Yeah. You, you can't. So I was like, I'm just going to get three hours of sleep tonight. And it's just one of the things I put up with. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. So on Wednesday, I normally work late, stay up super late on Wednesday nights, and wake up regular time early for work on, on Thursday mornings. But since I have to go into work late on Wednesday, I get the... Morning with the family. So this past Wednesday, me and Julie and Reese went out to Patapsco State Park to uh, go go for a little hike. And it was awesome. Beautiful morning. We were out hiking for about an hour, hour and a half. And me and Julie drove separately because I knew I had to get to work. Mm-hmm. So they're still out uh, at the overlook where we were. And I walk back to my car to, to head to work. And when I get to the parking lot, there's a woman in the parking lot with a dog and she has this bewildered look on her face and she looks at me and she says, I, uh, I, uh, I, I, I locked my keys and my phone in my car. Oh no. And we're like at a, like the trailhead and in a parking lot where there's nothing for miles in either direction. Mm Mm-hmm. She, it's not like she can walk down the street to a payphone. or wait, Still pay for uh, to a convenience be. store. Not there like should be. there's nothing, and I've got to go to work. And typically, so my personality, I would I love when my day gets interrupted. <laughs> if my, if I have a plan for the day, I love it when something comes in and completely completely diverts the plan, and I get to do something that I didn't know I was going to do. So. On a typical day, I would be excited about the chance to toss out my plan and then just spring into action and save the day for this woman. But I had to get to work because I had to open up the door for somebody at the youth center. Well, I couldn't leave her with nothing, so I said, well, do you want to call somebody on my phone? She said, sure. So she takes my phone and calls her mom 
and her best friend. And she looked at me and she said, they didn't pick up. She said, I don't know anybody else's numbers. True. So she send, she said, can I send them a text message through your, like, so she's texting these people, leaving messages through my phone, but I have to go. Like, I can't stick around until she gets a call back. And I didn't know what to do. So the question is, what would you leave a woman stranded in a parking lot with no communication and no access to her car? Like, she's stranded and just go to work. Or would you not show up to work on time and try to help her? I would... Did did someone have a spare key? There was a spare key in her house in Baltimore City, uh, Federal Hill, and she called the roommate or something, and she left the instructions for her mom of where to find the key on the message. Mm-hmm. But even if her mom got the message, there would be no way for her to find out that her mom got the message. Had she hiked already? No. Just got there. She said she was cleaning up cans in the parking lot. <laughs> she was like actually contributing to society. What a good Samaritan. Yeah, right. I so I would I would say um, I would say okay, you left messages. Either you could, it's up to you, but you can either stay here or go hike or whatever, or you could ride with me to my job and chill there. I left her. I just <laughs> left her in the parking lot. I felt so bad. I was like, uh, good luck with that. And I just left. This woman's stranded. You didn't even give her an option? Where was where was so, Julie? No, 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 no. So I did give her a couple options. These were the options. I said, I could drive you down the street into Old Ellicott City, and you could hang out oh, at a coffee shop. Perfect. Right? She didn't like that idea. I thought that was kind of weird, because I thought at least then you would have access to another person's cell phone. Here, you don't know who's going to be around whenever. Yeah. All right. Why that was option number one. What did, how did she decline that? Uh, she said, well, other people are going to be coming and going, too. It's not like they'll stick around and wait with me. This is changing, right. this is changing right. my answer, but keep going. So, and then I was considering calling somebody to open up the door over here so I could drive her back to her house in Baltimore. Like, I, that's the kind of thing that I... Was she open to that? Uh, we considered, like, like Uber, like Ubering for her, and I would just pay for it, but she has a dog with her. So you can't count on the Uber having... But she was open to the idea of a ride back. I hadn't presented the idea of me giving a ride back because I had to get to work. So that's... But yeah, those were the scenarios. I, I, I think to me, if I would have suggested Old Ellicott City and she turned it down, yeah. in my mind that would have been like, oh, she doesn't care as much as I do. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like if she's okay with, she thinks being it's stranded. less dire of a situation than yeah. I do. And if she doesn't think it's that serious mm-hmm. that she needs to go to town yeah. to be around technology and right. things where she can reach people, yeah. then I'm not going to feel strongly about it either. It kind of released my my mind from it too. Yeah. A little so bit. So I changed my answer. I would be like. Yeah. yeah, and I think and it was close enough. Ellicott City was close enough. I mean, you couldn't really walk there. It would. It was miles away from old Ellicott City. She wasn't going to walk there later. No, no, no. No. Are so, you, is, was it at, on Patapsco down mm-hmm. off Ilchester? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It was actually like at the top of the hill. That's hilly, too. Yeah. And so I, 
got to work and I was asking somebody else about it and they were shocked that I would have offered to put her in my car. Oh yeah, I think I think like, you I think you're on the liberal side. Like of, of, they of said I think most people they were talking about like I would tell my son never never like a woman in your car if anything goes wrong you're getting bo- yeah it's going to ruin you. That's true. And but I'll say this if it's a guy I'll let him use my phone and that is I'll be like, all right. You'll be less inclined to let a guy into your car than a, a woman. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I, I love giving people rides when they're stranded. <laughs> I'm, it's just kind of like a fun thing to do because it's, it's you never know what you're going to get. And I, I've actually decided what's going to happen if somebody ever, like, attacks me while I'm in the car while they're, I'm giving them a ride somewhere. And have you ever seen that movie Nothing to Lose with Martin Lawrence and Tim Robbins? Tim, yeah. Okay. And... Tim Robbins freak like completely freaks out when uh, Martin Lawrence gets in the car. He's like, "You picked the wrong guy on the wrong day." Yes. And that's what I'm gonna yeah, do. Yeah. I'm just gonna go completely <laughs> crazy. So, yeah, and then hopefully they'll be so scared. Anyway, so and then this coworker mentioned that since her son is a very tall African American, bo- like young man, mm-hmm. that he's even more at risk of of being accused of something wow. than me, yeah. you know, white man, 35, kind of the non, the absolute non-minority. That's, yeah. So that's, do you, do you think gender, race, stature, age affect the situations that you put yourself in? Like, oh, as a, as a black man, I can't do, like, I can't do that. Something that I would be naive to. So like me, my... I never even consider my race being a factor in who's blamed for what. Mm-hmm. What do you think? It is, it is perpetually on my mind all the time. From, from grand scale, like I could be accused of something terrible, to the minor scale, I could be scaring someone right now Man. with my mere presence. And I'm not saying that that is a legitimate thing, that I should actually carry that. But it's there. But you do. And I can't do anything about it. See, it's, it's, just, it's just always there and always. Since I have was made aware of the way things were uh-huh. at whatever early age that was, always on my mind. So, like, my wife and I visited um, <clears throat> our very, very close friends out in Seattle. And um, the area that they live in was not very, well, it's a suburb, so, like, it's not like you're hanging out in the neighborhood. So I can't say whether it's diverse or not. I don't know. Sure. But the things we did and the places we went, some reason there was just a lot, it was a lot of white people. Sure. You know? And we get to, uh, we go, one of the nights we go to the movies and uh, I'm in the bathroom and the black guy walks in and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> there's more than one of us here. Brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, and my wife is like, why are you, why are you making such a big deal about it? I'm like, I don't know. Because I just, and I was telling her the importance of like being around people that look like me just yeah. makes me feel more comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then um, one day I was driving home from, uh, I was speaking at this retreat up in, uh, all the way up upstate New York. And I'm driving back home and I decide to like hit it in the evening. So like it's late. You're just going to make the drive. Mm-hmm. So it's like one in the morning. I got to pee really, really bad. 
And so I pull off at this. I'm like I'm like up in Pennsylvania somewhere now. I'm like in New York or somewhere. Okay. So like I um <clears throat> not a typically diverse area. Mm. Yeah, I don't know much about it. So. Especially middle, this area, middle though, Pennsylvania. Was, yeah, middle yeah. Pennsylvania. And so I, you know, I, I get out and uh, it's like one thirty going on two in the morning, and so I park at one of the pumps and I'm walking into the empty, you know what I'm saying, like convenience store slash gas station. Yeah. Where there's just two employees there, and as I'm walking in, and this is just to give you an example of like what goes through my mind in these sure. situations, I'm like. How do I not look threatening right now? And again, that could be a complete made-up thing in my mind. That could be um, a prejudice that I deal with mm-hmm. when it's not really provoked or Where drawn out. Where they're not out. feeling it. Yeah. But you... But nonetheless, it's there. You sure. know what I'm saying? So, so I could be... It could be illegitimate, but it still goes through my mind. Like, hmm. at the end of the day, nobody, ain't nobody scared of you. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that could be the reality. Sure. But what also could be the reality is let me walk into this situation as less threatening as possible. Yeah. See, and that's something I don't think about. Like, like so, much so, that I, so much so I almost felt like saying when I walk in, I got to pee. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, you guys can't see it, but he threw his hands up. Like, <laughs> like I, I've got nothing... So I raise my hand. I gotta, I gotta go pee. That's right. the only reason why I'm here. Yeah. You know, and like that could be silly, but like, uh-huh. it's something that probably someone like you never thinks about. Right. And I don't. Um, <laughs> I guess there's sometimes where I, I consider my gender as be, like, oh, I'm a guy. That's a female. I have to make sure she knows I'm a nice guy. Yeah. True. Right. Yeah. Um, maybe I consider that sometimes. I'm six six one, so tall. But I don't really, I don't feel like a, a really tall person, like imposing figure, more like lanky and, and awkward <laughs> than like imposing and, and threatening. Uh, You're tall in stature, but yeah. my, you know, age, I don't really feel like that's that imposing. So I don't feel like they're in my mind. I don't ever. I don't really consider. Um, buffering or like. Um, or trying to tone down how intimidating I might be or that I might be blamed for something based on all of that. Yeah. And that might be me being naive. Like, maybe I should be a little bit more guarded. Hmm. But the fact is, I'm, I'm not. And so I was 100% considering saying, oh, hop in the car. Let's drive down into Baltimore. Like, that'd be yeah. a fun little diversion when other people would be in that situation and say, are you kidding me? Right. Don't ever put yourself in that sort of risk. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah, and it, it, it's, it's, it's very sad because that's how it should be. You right. You know what I mean? Like, that is absolutely how it should be, you know? So it's just, it's just weird. Yeah. And unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But it's the world we live in. It is. I wonder how long she was there for. So, yeah, to finish up the story, so her mom calls me. <laughs> Oh, okay. When I get to the youth center, and she's, I'm Jenny's mom. Like, she seems so nice. Is and, Jenny a young girl? Uh, she looked like she was about my age, like 30-ish. Okay. That's younger than me. But she looked like she was around 30-ish. And she had a dog. So I, you know, feel like that gives her a little bit of, like, company, like, not just a woman alone in the woods, which <laughs> sounds very vulnerable. <laughs> uh, so... The mom calls me, and I give her all the details, and 
she she's like, I was out doing yard work. I missed the call, and oh. I'm going to head right on over there right now. And I I was like, do you know how to use Google Maps? And Because she seemed a little bit old, right? And the GPS on your phone, like, I'll send you a pin drop, and you can mm-hmm. uh, go right to the parking lot where she is. She said, you could try. Like, she was <laughs> unsure of herself. And then about 30 minutes later, I get a text again that says, hey, it's Jenny. My mom found me. Thanks so much for your help. Nice. And then that was it. Then I made fun of her a little bit, and then that was it. <laughs> <laughs> what if you receive, like, a huge check in the mail? Like, she is the daughter of the... CEO of water. <laughs> the biggest <laughs> the industry that, ever. Yeah. yeah. That would be amazing. Like, thank you for your generosity. You saved my life. Yeah. I'll, I'll let you know if that check comes in the mail. <laughs> I'll let you know. I wonder, so I wanted to, I wanted to kind of talk about, it's funny you talk about like how you may view yourself and what type of contingency or what type of bearing race and who you are plays in that. Um, so I was thinking through this I think I overheard in conversation but someone was talking about life defining moments Hmm. and I was so intrigued by that because it made me ask myself what are what are some moments in my life that were defining moments yeah you know what I mean like that where your life wouldn't be the same yeah or if that hadn't happened or something that happened that like shaped who you would eventually become those life defining moments yeah that's a good question. Did you come up with it? Like, I how, haven't. How long have you been been sitting on this one? A couple of days. Okay. A few days. Did anything like immediately pop into your mind, no. or you're like really trying to no. look back and really figure out to, where those hinge points were? I'm really trying to. Look, well, part of the reason why I'm I've been thinking so hard about it is because I think that there are obvious like huge to to certain people there are huge things that have happened in their lives that were, were a defining moment. I was more so interested in, like, what were the small things? Like, I, I know sometimes I would just randomly have a thought or a memory of, like, one sentence somebody said to me hmm. that I've just always remembered. Or, like, you know, one look or one moment that is just quick and you almost disregard it but it was like a big thing mm-hmm. I was more eager to like oh, that's cool. d- decide what, what, what that was right because the bigger ones would be I guess a little bit more surface level Yeah, but those smaller ones add up yeah and I think so for me I was just thinking through what were those moments that were was like it was not catastrophic but it was profound uh, and I've actually shared this with you before a couple, a few years ago now, um, I was. We were out somewhere with my my aunt and my cousins, and so my mom and dad had their cars, and we were in two groups, and uh, my mom's car got a flat, so we needed to get back to the house because they just decided they didn't have a spare or anything, so they just decided to ditch the car and take care of it the next day. And so uh, so my mom, dad, my aunt, me, and three cousins, <laughs> I think was the number. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it was like six or seven of us. Okay. We all crammed into one of the my dad's car. Okay. And, like, I'm sitting on my cousin's lap, and she's sitting on the hump. Yeah, it's yeah. like we're everybody's just, all over. We're just in there, and so 
the 15 minute ride back to to the house was the most fun ride ever and i thought to myself i wish i wish we could i wish we lived here i wish we lived in this car <laughs> And then, and so then the creative side of my mind started going, I was like, yeah, but we wouldn't want to be in the car all the time. So I was like, maybe we can have doors and portals so that we can do our own things in our own lives, but we, this would be the, cen- the center point. Mm-hmm. And I think um, I just loved being that close to the, I loved being close to the people I loved. Mm. Uh, and I was like, I was like three or four years old. But I, rem- I vividly remember, remember I vividly remember it. And you, uh, I can, I was eating that this. moment, like, we're thinking of how can this legitimately yeah. be of my reality? I was thinking of creative, like, ways to make this feasible. Huh. You know what I mean? I remember I was eating this, like, cherry gummy candy hmm. sitting on my, like, I remember that. And uh, so I think that that shaped, that, that had such an impression on me, which I think is what made me, you know, um, like, very big on family, you know, and family has always been very important to me. And, um, you know, I shared on the last episode just, like, my parents' divorce and how that... How old were you in that? Uh, nine. Okay. Uh, so how that... And then how that ultimately led to, like, me and my brother, like, going, like, like almost becoming one, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Just going through that. And that story is longer and drawn out and more dramatic. But, like, that drew my brother and I, clo- like, super-duper close. Mm-hmm. And so, like, and that was family, you know what I mean? And so, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of how I approach things now with my wife and my daughter. It's like well, there's no there's no other place like being with, you know what I'm saying? Like, And even with your sister. So yeah. when your sister was born, you were 20. 20 years old. Yeah. And that rerouted your life. Yeah. You made huge life decisions because of the fact that there was a new family member. I, I didn't think it? I didn't I didn't even think about that. <laughs> well, That's, that was a def, that was a defining moment. Yeah. And I was I was living in New York. And I just finished school, acting school, and I was working on a couple of projects. And I had a I had booked an apartment. Me and my buddy were gonna move in together. Mm-hmm. And my sister was born, and I took the bus home, and that was it. Was it that you couldn't imagine not being connected and close to somebody who was family? That is exactly it. Wow. Yeah. Huh. That's really cool. Right, and and you've been close, like, it's, without your sister, like, I've I've never met your, your sister's dad, but I would imagine if she's looking at anybody to see a male figure that she, that's around all the time, to, to fill that role, it seems like that's you for her. Yeah, absolutely. And she would have grown up without that if you hadn't have made that des- decision. Like, what a huge, huge part you play. Yeah. That's, that is, that is true, but I don't want to make it about me, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it was more so, I don't know how I would have done knowing that I have this sibling. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Who... Whether she has the same father or not, she is 100% my sister. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, there is no half. Like, that is all the way my sister. Yeah, so and that's clear in the way that you guys interact and the way course. you care about her. Of course, yeah. Wow. What about you, Devo? Was it? Was there I, any, like, big things? Right. I, I started thinking about 
uh, a mentor that that met me when I was in high school and out of all the students in the group that he was leading for some reason he singled me out and said hey Dave what do you you think about going out for lunch sometime he would come and he would pick me up from school and we would go to we would go to Denny's and all the time, I get moon, moon, moon over my hammy. You guys, you know that one. I hate pennies. It's so bad. And we, he, that's where I, I developed my love for coffee. We would sit oh. and we would drink coffee and we would talk about life. And I, it's, it's not like a moment, but I can't imagine where my life would be if I had never met that man. Wow. And if he had never intentionally pursued me and asked me a million questions and asked me a million more and cared about me and spoke vision into my life and uh, challenged me to, to dive deeper in, uh, in goals and pursuits and the way I saw myself and purpose and my spiritual life and my connection to um, things that were bigger than me and... Yeah, without that mentor, I have literally no clue what my life would look like now. Because that's what got me into ministry and serving high school kids. That's what got me um, through leadership struggles and helped develop a a, a love for international um, uh, partnerships and learning about other cultures. And that's what developed... Um, my uh, my value of individuals, no matter who they are, like without so life defining moments, it was like that was a life defining relationship, mm. and I almost uh, tie it back into some a conversation I had with my dad once, and so this was like another life defining. This was more moment oriented, mm-hmm. right? So I was in a, one of those times where I was wondering what am I going to do with my life. I was 20 years old, maybe, and thinking through, like, I don't know what I want to be, what I want to do. And then I I thought, oh, maybe I want to mentor young people. And I was talking to my dad, and he said, it's one of those rare conversations I'll never forget. We were on the piano moving truck because my dad's a piano mover, and uh, I was working for him at, the po- at that time. And he said, Dave. Which I don't mean to cut you off, but that's a service that, you don't think is necessary. A whole industry. But, like, how the heck do you move a piano? Yeah. It, actually, the piano moves itself. You just kind of oh nudge it in the right way. And it, so you're on the piano moving truck. So my dad says, Dave, you can be whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. He said, but what you want to do is find the person who's doing what you would love to do. Find the person who's doing that at the highest level and then get as close to that person as you possibly can. And I remember that conversation, and that it just made so much sense. Like, find somebody who you, like, look up to, who you're saying, man, if I could, I want to do what they do, and I'm just going to get close to them and watch them and study them and ask them questions and... and uh, ask them to, to bring me along and uh, 
that was a life-defining moment. So I reached out to that mentor and I said, can I work for you? Like, I want to get as close to you as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. And that's what really started that, that love for mentoring young people and where I am today. So that, so that mentor knows, like, you're, you're well, still well-connected? Very well-connected. I actually saw him today. Uh, he was the guy that I picked up the espresso. I, was, I called him up. I was like, uh, can I come into your house and steal your espresso machine? Right. Yeah. That's the guy. Yeah. That's so cool, man. Mm-hmm. So that was probably 15 years ago. Yeah. Wow. That conversation with my dad and even 20 years ago when I first met that mentor when I was 14, 15. Hmm. That's so cool. Yeah. I think about, too, like things that you know, that helped to shape your, like, personality as well. And that, I think sometimes that that really is, can be based on experiences we had or things that we saw or witnessed and things like that, you know? Yeah, and we have an experience, well, something I've, I've really come to believe is that an experience that's not processed is an experience lost. Hmm. So if you have a significant moment in your life and you sail right through it and you maybe just get back to normal or you try to equalize life without taking a maybe a significant chunk of time to really process what the significance of that was and what its implications are for maybe some core core truths that you believe or core values that you have, if you don't take the time to process that, and I know everybody processes differently. Me, I'm a conversation person. I need to process out loud. I need somebody that I can bounce questions back and forth off of, and they can help me uh, bring some structure to my thoughts. Some people are like just complete, alone, internal processors. Yeah. But if you don't take time to process that, you could be missing out on something that really could be life-defining. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, it's not anything I like consciously think about. I just, you know, also like we have just things that are impressionable upon us and that shape us whether we know it or not. And I just know that I just want to... I'm so grateful and so thankful that I had parents that loved me that that never placed hindrances or barriers in the way of what I ever thought I could be or do. They, they encourage me. I'm, I'm so grateful for, like, my family and my, my friends that have, have played a part, whether they know it or not, played a part in, in encouraging me and, like, making life that much more uh, uh, precious and valuable. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think that so much, uh, so much hate is, is spewed out, and it has been since the beginning of time. And it's, I think that our jobs as we're both dads and we are both friends we're both husbands not to each other <laughs> but we we have this opportunity to to just love people you know what i'm saying and like encourage people and like that's what that's what has to be the catalyst to change the world for the better you know what i'm saying it's like you, you just as I've been molded and impressed upon and encouraged in the many ways that I have, it's like I have to do that for those that are coming after me. I have to. There's, there's too much happening out there that beats you up, that makes you uh, um, regret 
and feel guilt and feel heartbroken. There's so much that um, that hurts out there. It's I don't know what somebody does if they don't have a place to go back to that'll help you clean up the wounds, mm-hmm. bandage you up, give you a pep talk, help you like re-strategize and get back out to to face the world. Yeah. And right, so if we can be that for people, kind of that place they go back to 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 get a little bit of refresh, you know, refreshing before going back out. Yeah. I don't know I don't know what a person would do without that. So yeah. it's cool to get to play that part for people. Yeah, I think what's public service announcement, everybody listening to this, <laughs> let's go out and help somebody in some way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm always looking for opportunities where it's like, what can I do that's the extra mile that's out of my way a little bit, but it's not a big deal. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's like, I'm physically able to do this or that, and so why not do it? You know, why not give that girl a ride somewhere? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Even if it puts you at risk sometimes. It's a tough part. All right, so uh, let's wrap this thing up. I think that uh, I want to thank my boy Luke. He's hey. pr- provided the music for us. It's a good track. <laughs> I forgot how it goes. That's all right. Let's thank Luke. Luke Andy Music. What's yeah. his? Uh, let's give. What's his? His name is. Uh, yeah, you guys should look him up. He's the... playing some shows locally, and yeah, I think he's doing making a scene, making a little name for himself. Uh, he's got a gig at Echo Stage in the EDM out. scene, and. So check him out on Instagram. What's his handle? Luke Andy Music. Nice. Luke, Luke A-N-D-Y Music. M-U-S-I-C. Yeah. Check it out. He's making some good music. And uh, yeah. buy a ticket to one of his shows. Go up and say hi to him. Tell him that we sent you. Hey, we should go, man. We'll be the oldest people in there. <laughs> <laughs> Need some uh, glow sticks. <laughs> Got to brush up on my uh, glow stick work. All right. So, uh, yeah, we'll see you next time, guys. Thank you for joining us if you stuck around for this long. Yeah. I want to talk about... I want to talk about simulation, whether we're living in a simulation or not. Ah, That'll be deep. Next time. Adios.